Hello and welcome to the Daily Post podcast with Sachin Hadao and Noam Bandari, where we will be talking about all the things worth talking about in the magical world of the NBA. I am your co-host, Noam Bandari. And I am Sachin Hadao. And today, we are going to be talking about the exciting, new, and startling trades. So, the first big trade is Chris Paul going to the Phoenix Suns of all people. So, just to clear some stuff up, it's Chris Paul for Kelly Oubre and Ricky Rubio. So that's what the trade is. And now the Suns have a big three with shooting guard Devin Booker, center DeAndre Ayton, and point guard, and, and point guard, what's his face? Chris Paul. So correct you, point guard Chris Paul. Ah, uh, I'm 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 very I'm very sorry. So Sachin, do you think that this big three can actually make the playoffs? And per and personally, I don't think that's I think that, at all. I think I that Chris think Paul complements DeAndre Ayton's old school style of play so well, because DeAndre Ayton, you need to feed him the ball, and Chris yeah, Paul, yeah, completely, completely. It's gonna be Lob City, but not Lob City. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lob City 2.0, except just. You know, not as good. Agreed. Sachin, what is your take on this? Do you think that this trade was worth it? And do you think it'll have an impact? You know, you know what? I think it might be. So let's just bog down the details and look at these um, players right now. Because obviously, we can only speculate what's going to happen in the upcoming season. We can only speculate how they're going to fit with their new teams, which is obviously what we're going to be doing here. We have to look at both sides of this trade. Um, but right now, as it stands... Uh, this might, this might, this, I think this is a pretty good take on it. Uh, Ricky Rubio is almost like Chris Paul, except um, not on his level, exactly. And it has a different play style. I mean, he's pretty good defender, but Chris Paul, six times steals leader. Chris Paul is a dangerous defender. Is He proved that size doesn't really matter. Um, but, and then you have Kelly Oubre. Really good young player. I think he showed quite a bit of potential, so I don't know about trading him away, but obviously that was needed in order to get Chris Paul, and I think the Suns won this trade. And I'm just sitting here. I looked at this trade, and I was like, Sam Presti, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the answer is getting rid of a pretty large contract. Chris Paul's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but I'm sorry, he's really just not worth his contract. When he signed it, it seemed completely normal. It was like, okay, he's definitely worth that. He just came off of some of his best years at the Clippers, and he did do amazing on the Rockets, um, but he's just not worth his money at this point in time, and he's getting a bit older. So I was wondering why they would trade away their star player like that, and it's just to get even more youth. They have so many draft picks it is literally disgusting how many draft picks the Thunder have right now. And they acquired a trillion more in the Paul George trade. So, I mean, they, they're sitting on a load of draft picks. And then you see what talents are coming in into these upcoming drafts. And you see how dangerous this could actually be. And then now they have such a youthful team except for Chris Paul, who is getting a bit older. And now they've traded him away for Ricky Rubio is not really that young. But yeah, Ricky uh, Rubio. Kelly Oubre is. And Kelly Oubre has a lot of potential. 
But um, so, Sachin, I have to say something to close this out. And this is a thought for you guys. Do you think that Chris Paul is worth the contracts that he's getting? Do you think that Chris Paul is worth $35 million? All right, and that will do it for the first segment of this podcast. Okay, what just happened? Dennis Schroeder, one of the best six men, has been traded to the Los Angeles Lakers for the 28th pick in the draft. Yes, the 28th pick in the draft. And so now the Lakers are now, they're now an unstoppable force because now they have filled their point guard gap. They no longer have to rely on Alex Caruso for the point guard duties. Sachin, how do you feel about this Lakers stuff going on? This is smart. The GM had his work. Let's... No, 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 but Sachin, but Sachin, I know it's smart, but how do you feel? Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Warriors. What I feel is that the Lakers are smart because... I don't, uh, this is underlying, but a lot of people um, already know this, that this is a real speculation right here. Why do you think that the Lakers won that championship? I got two words for you. Playoff Rondo. Uh, not really. Playoff no, not, Rondo. Dude, actually, Rondo not Playoff Rondo. Crazy. Not Playoff Rondo. It, I think it I was mean, because Rondo's of. was going crazy. Like, he was a man possessed. Uh, and he I was, think it was by wanting to win the championship, another ring was no, 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 no. You've got it. You've got it all twisted, Sachin. If not for Damian Lillard being so tired after carrying his team to the playoffs, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, but um, playoff Rondo was insane, and undoubtedly he wasn't. He why he won. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that if you took away LeBron from that team, Rondo would win the championship for them. In no way am I saying that at all. Um, LeBron might have been a larger reason, but everyone has to admit that the Lakers would not have won that championship if it were not for playoff Rondo. He's known for going insane when playoff time comes, when finals time comes. He's known for doing this, and he showed up this year. Or not really. Should I say, like, last year kind of? I don't know. But they wanted – to have, they wanted Rondo, and they need Rondo. Um, he's a very good distributor. Obviously, LeBron is. He's one of the greatest facilitators ever. I do not think that's an understatement. He really is. Millen, would you agree with that? Yes, I 100% agree with you. Yeah, yeah. But um, may I just tell you an interesting fact about Rajon? Sure, enlighten so me. So it's only Rajon Rondo, LeBron James, Udonis Haslam, and Andre Iguodala, who have made the finals in the first three decades of the of this, for like of um the twenty in the of the two thousand. So that's an interesting fact. Only yeah, only them. That's only four players, Sachin. Yeah, but they need Rondo because he's similar. They don't. To Ron, except the thing is, no, they do because Rondo is the type of guy to put up. Two points, 25 assists, and three turnovers. If you don't believe me, look the game up. It exists. He would rather pass the ball than score himself. He can score when needed to. He has a good wingspan, and he has pretty large hands. He's very useful with the ball. 
but he would much rather pass than score, and that's a player that they need. LeBron can do everything, right? But Rondo can specialize. LeBron can in everything, but what I mean is that Rondo does specialize. No offense, no offense to Rajon Rondo, but he has two moves. I'll tell you what his two moves are. (laughs) Step back three, his step back three. And and his behind the back layup thing. Yeah, and his scoop layup. That, that, I, don't no know, I don't know how you would word that. But it is like this weird, like, switch around. And it's effective. Hand. It is effective. A lot of players try to recreate it. Some may succeed. Mo- most can't. But if you do it right, it is a very unstoppable move. It's kind of like the sky hook. It's very easy to mess yeah. up. But if you do it right, you are a beast. And yeah, Steph Curry is Rajon Rondo on steroids. Um, no, no. Except for the passing. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to get into that right now, but you're wrong. I'm just going to say that much. Um, but yeah, yeah. They need someone like Rondo, and Schroeder is similar. He's not like Rondo entirely, but he's pretty similar. He's fairly similar and puts up fairly similar numbers. I don't even want to say that much, but... They are fairly alike, and that was the goal because after these finals, Rondo's stock has just boosted to an all-time high. At this point, he's completely revived his career and more because every, everyone remembers, yeah, he won a ring um, in the Celtics. By the way, that's actually another fun fact. He won a ring for both the Celtics and the Lakers, who are not only the greatest rivals in NBA history, but they also have the top two. Now they're tied um, for the first most um, championships in NBA history. So that's actually very interesting. But Rondo, he was still seen as a terrible, selfish player um, who was a jerk. Or I shouldn't say selfish player, selfish person who was seen as a jerk and didn't care about anyone and was uh, mean. Now he's revived his career a lot. His His stock is, like I said, it's literally rocketing through the roof. He has a lot of money sitting on the table from teams. Their teams are probably going to be offering him triple what he's been, what he got for the Lakers this year. At least. He's he and he knows it. He knows it. He has won his rings. He has two rings. He's good. He's getting older. His career is going to be fading out. It's waning at this point. Right now, all he probably cares about is getting paid, and I'm not blaming him for that whatsoever. So the Lakers don't have the ability to offer him as much money as other teams do because they have Anthony Davis and LeBron James on their team. What are you going to do? How are you going to make a room for that? You can't. So, and Rondo wasn't eligible for, like, a supermax or anything. So they're not going to be able to pay Rondo as much as other teams, and since that's the only thing that he's going to be worrying about, I can guarantee he's not he's not going to be in the Lakers uniform the next year. So All they're right. trying to figure out a replacement for him, and I think they found it in Schroeder. But we're getting okay. a bit overboard here. We um, are. Let's yeah. Let's get into the next trade, which is about Bogdan Bogdanovich. Millen, would you like to start that? Yes. In fact, I will start talking about the, about this trade. It was actually more of a sign-and-trade deal. So what they did is they the Bucks just handed over Ursin Ilyasova and some other garbage-time player, and then 
for that, and then they signed him to a pretty solid deal. Okay, and so what happened about this is Bogdan Bogdanovich, he's a really good player. He's a really good player. He is perfect for the Milwaukee Bucks system because he's good at three-pointers and he can slash. And that's what the Bucks want to pair with Giannis because what the current plan that they have isn't working. What they have going on is everyone's out on the wings. Giannis, is, Giannis like, jumps forward, and if he can't get to the hoop, he just shoots it out, easy three. But that, that doesn't work in the playoffs. So what they're doing is they need someone who can also get to the rim. And Bogdan Bogdanovich, he can do it. He can do it. But don't get him confused with Bojan because they are completely different players. So Sachin, do you want to talk about the impact that Bogdan might have on the, on the team? Absolutely. And Bogdan is actually a really great shooter. Like, that's, let's get that clear. He's hit some very cold-blooded daggers before in his career. And he's a very consistent shooter. Not only a good shooter, but he's consistent. So, a quality which many people in the NBA lack. So he's very, very solid, and he's an all-around threat. He's a very good offensive threat because, I mean, he sort of can pass the ball around. He's not really known for being a playmaker in specific, but he can when he needs to. And like you said, he can still take it to the rim. He does got some finishing ability. So what this could do for the Bucks, it opens up a world of possibilities because Giannis can't really shoot. He not the greatest at it. And yeah, like you said, the drive kickout system, it's not always going to work. When you run into teams like the Heat, who are grit and grind, and they will work for any loose ball, get any steal, intercept any ball that they can, that's not always going to work. And then you also factor in their systems of clogging out the clogging the paint and making it harder for Giannis. So those systems won't always work. But when you have someone else to come and slash along with him to go on the other side, space out, and fill the lanes correctly, that is a very deadly team right there. And once again, he can just back it out to the three-point line, and you're good. So Bogdan being on this Bucks team could actually be very good. However, how good is this Bucks team really going to be? Because... Giannis said he wanted a star on his team, right? Um, he insinuated, at least, that if you don't get another star, then I'm leaving. That's what he's insinuating for quite a bit of time. He said, I want to win, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the, he wants the organization to match that, that will. But that's such a, that brings us to our next player. The Bucks have just received, guess who? Drew Holiday. The the most underrated defender and underrated person in the league as a person, not as a player, but as a person. And he can take it to the rim. He can, he can score. Sachin, first, I want to hear your take on Drew Holiday. Oh, my God. Dude, Drew is one of my favorite players. Like you said, highly underrated defender. And it's those it's that difference between defensive versus offensive players. Offensive players take up possessions. Granted, good ones, um, for example, like Stephen Curry <laughs> or any other offensive like James Harden, you know, Russell Westbrook, mm, sort of Russell Westbrook. Uh, but good offensive players can generate points with those possessions. However, they are still eating up possessions. 
and sort of compensating that with the score. However, defenders defend defenders are create are generators of possessions. How do you think defense creates offense? I'm sure people have heard that before. Defense creates offense. And when you get a steal or a block or you just play good clamps, anyway, you're holding that team score and you're keeping it there. Meanwhile, you're generating possessions for you and your own team. And that really does help win games, no matter if it's regular season or playoffs. And Drew is an amazing defender and he cares about his team and getting them points. Now, granted, he was on the Pelicans who had Anthony Davis and practically nobody else. But now he's going to a, a Bucks team with Giannis, with Chris Middleton, with obviously um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, as we just talked about. Uh, this is an amazing team right here. This is a really good team. And I feel like you combine their new acquisitions and that might almost make up for the loss of Malcolm Brogdon, who was actually a really good player who showed quite a bit of promise. Would you agree on Malcolm Brogdon? And do you think that, do you, what do you, what type of player do you think he will be in the upcoming years? Well, um, I think that, you know, um, okay, this is a bit crazy, but he looks to me like Steve Nash. Okay, 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 Sachin, I know, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're saying, no way possibly can, can this dude turn to Steve Nash, but he's already part of the 50-40-90 club, Sachin. He's already a part of it, and he's showing some pretty good promise. Do you think that he can look like Steve Nash? Maybe. However, I don't view him as a Steve Nash type of player. He could, be, he could show facilitating potential. I don't see him as Steve Nash. And saying you're in the 50-40-90 club, which will make you sort of like Steve Nash, not really, not really. Stephen Curry is nothing like Steve Nash. Granted, Steve Nash was his idol, as he has said before, but he's nothing like Steve Nash. Steve Nash won't really take the shots. He'll pass around the ball and try to get other players to score, and he won't take his shots. Stephen Curry takes a bunch of shots and makes a bunch of shots. Stephen Curry lives by the three-point line, and he is known for scoring. Granted, he has amazing playmaking, amazing. I don't even think that's debatable, but it's almost like a polar opposite, you know? Uh, their playmaking is opposite of each other almost, sort of, and their scoring is opposite of each other. And Stephen Curry is not the greatest defender. Nash isn't the greatest defender, both two-time MVPs, but you can't, other than that, that's just about where similarities stop. And they're both in the 50-40-90 club. So I wouldn't say that that validates him as being similar to Steve Nash. Or, but Malcolm Brogdon is a good player. Also, the finishing. Brogdon is a pretty good scorer, and he has really good finishing ability. Anyone remember the reverse dunk against LeBron and when he was still on the Bucks? Amazing. But I think that... Brogdon might blossom into a different type of player. He might be a very dangerous player, but I don't really see the similarities between him and Steve Nash. I don't know about that. But uh, we've spent quite a bit of time on this, but there is another really exciting kind of speculation, and that is James Harden to the Nets. 
Millen, I know that you were really excited about this. Do you want to cover that? I would, in fact, such it may have the reins for the entire part of it. Why not? Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Let's get into it. James Harden, the second best player in Rockets history, only behind Hakeem Olajuwon, now wants to leave and go to the Brooklyn Nets. And first of all, this was all started off as kind of a joke. Like, in the NBA community, everyone was laughing it off when it was proposed that James Harden wants to. But now, it's actually serious. People have been putting I have, together... I have a question. Sorry, yes. you can continue, but uh, do you think, let's suppose James Harden does go to the Nets? And let's suppose he has a pretty decent career from now. And let's suppose he wins a ring. Would you say that that makes him a better Rockets player, even though he's not playing for the Rockets anymore at that point? Would you no, say no, 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 such in, such in. It's like calling Steve Nash the best Mavericks player. It's like calling Steve Nash no, the no, best No, no, but it, the thing is, Steve Nash, even if he did play his whole career, wouldn't be. A comparable uh, comparison, I would say, would be if James Harden were to win five more MVPs and 17 more championships, would you call him the greatest Rockets player at that point? Because then, if he played that whole career on the Rockets, he would inevitably be, but... If he played that rest on the Suns, would you consider him – or on the – what is it, Nets? Would you consider well, that the case? that's a good question. Actually, that's a really good question, and I'll touch on it later. I will touch on it later. But right now for my answer is no, that does not count. So James Harden and the Rockets have verbally committed to making a deal happen with the Brooklyn Nets. And some news is coming out, some locker room scoop – that Kevin Durant actually is excited for the potential of James Harden arriving, but whereas Kyrie Irving is not too happy about it. So this might make a lot of things change because those two, they have a lot of power in the NBA world. So potentially, Kevin Durant can be like, Kyrie, I don't care about your opinion. We're getting James Harden. And so then uh, if James Harden comes, well, then Karis LeVert is a bench player because they don't need him in the point guard position. Joe Harris is, well, booted out, I guess, because they don't need him. So a lot can actually change, but I don't think that James Harden is healthy for the net system. The net system revolves on a lot of passing and open looks because, I, I mean, it's going to have some isos because of Kyrie, but most of the time it's going to be passing because – of the insane amount of three-point shooting. But yeah. whereas James Harden... I do, I do have something to add, or not add, um, ask. Yeah. So obviously, um, and people love to clown the Thunder franchise for this. Um, although I don't, I think that's a bit misplaced. People like to say, oh yeah, you lost three future MVPs. Wow, you suck, blah, blah, blah. Your front office is terrible, all of that. Obviously, none of those players would have turned into MVPs if they all stayed together. Kevin Durant would be good. MVP, I mean, he did win that MVP, but James Harden was gone at that point when he did win it with the Thunder. Um, so if they all did stay together, I don't think he would have won the MVP. Neither would have Westbrook um, if uh, Kevin Durant didn't leave. And James Harden won it on the Rockets. So, oh, um, sorry, um, quick, quick correction. His name is pronounced Westbrook. Continue. Uh, uh, but, um, yeah, so the same way 
James Harden is is the guy who started off this uh, the previous season averaging 38 a game, and he's finished with solid averages this year. Um, but and Kyrie was good; he was pretty good, um, you know, in Celtics, and he was averaging about 25 with the Cavs at one point. Uh, and then Kevin Durant, obviously, was averaging around 27, 29 with the Warriors. When you factor in all of these amazing scores and then factor in that this is not to be offensive to these players because they absolutely earn the right to have one but their egos and then you factor in how how much they want to use possessions on the ball and that James Harden is a pretty decent playmaker in terms of assists but you could almost call it stat padding you could almost call it stat padding the way that he gets those assists and now he doesn't have Clint to throw lobs to so obviously those numbers are going to decrease too. So when you factor in that and that their playmaking is generally in the form of scoring, how do you think that Nets team will actually do? How do you think the chemistry levels are going to be locker room? Is there going to be trouble with that and um, things like that? And their scoring oh. outputs too. How do you think they're going to be god awful? going to take it's going to be an atomic explosion of massive proportions. James Harden has a massive ego. No offense, James Harden. I mean, he deserves the right. But Kyrie Irving, he also has a great, he is, he's a large ego, and it got especially inflated with that clutch shot against the Golden State Warriors over... That never happened. Time. I don't know what he's talking about the one. Uh, all right. And then Kevin Durant, well, even though he says, you're the real MVP, no, he's the real MVP. Like... He doesn't actually. No Sorry. offense. He doesn't think that. He doesn't think that. Sorry about that. No, but no, um, you know, he was referring to his mom, dude. He was referring. I know. To I know. I know he was referring to his mom. I know. I know. I know. But I think he meant that. But we're not gonna get into that right now because that is super off track. Yes. Yeah, so, so say such and so say they choke in the for, in the fourth quarter. What's going to happen is they are all not going to want to pin it on themselves. They're going to be like, it was Kyrie. He missed that layup. It was James Harden. He was hogging the ball and isoing. That, that, that might be true. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're all going to want to pin it on each other, and then it's just going to be yelling, and then you can see Karis LeVert in the background just, like, sucking his thumb, sucking his thumb, being like, um, what's happening? So okay, like, now you're just trying to roast as many of these Nets players as possible, <laughs> Nets and future Nets players. Uh, I wouldn't even say roast at this point, because no offense, they're not the greatest of insults out there. But um, but still, I know what you're talking about, and I do agree. I think that we're going to see one of them not even average 20 points. If this big three actually forms, there's... No, 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 it's not such a... James Harden... James Harden's going to still be averaging 20, 37 points per game. He's still he's gonna going to do it. He's going to average maybe 29 or 27 if he's lucky. It's just facts. There's no way that any of these players are going to be averaging over 30 a game if they are all on the same team at once. You're telling me that this big three will be expected to score around 100 points per game in total, obviously between three of them, 100 points per game every night when the average that a team scores is like 110 where are you going to split the other 10 points throughout the 12 other players that are required for a franchise 
I don't, I don't know. That that's not really what I speculate to happen. I think yeah, nothing above thirty points is gonna happen for me in well, either of these. I points. think Sachin, I think that we that the the best that we can do is wait and see for what's gonna happen. I mean, agreed. And it's going to be exciting. Off season isn't over yet. It's not over yet. And the draft is tomorrow. You don't you don't know when we're recording this. We're recording this on a Tuesday. But so, um. Draft I mean, tomorrow but, at eight, depending on where you live. Yeah, so, I mean, by the time you by the time you listen to this, to this episode, you're gonna see that um, that the Warriors drafted Denny, but we're not gonna get into that. Uh, no, and, okay, but we'll get into that a bit later, after the draft happens, and they draft someone like James Wiseman or something, and then trade him for Giannis. After that, and I laugh in Malone's face about it, then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then we'll just have to see what happens. You know, like I said, offseason isn't over yet. There might be some more trades. Obviously, not too many free agents, not too many good free agents. But trades are still possible, that's for sure. And it's going to be really exciting. Like this James Harden thing might be really exciting. So that's just about going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Daily Thank you. You can find us on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and more. And we will see you next week.